person gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. So God wants us to be competing in a race. It's a race of faith. He wants us to be running this race with all our energy. He wants to encourage us to run this race of faith and, and to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power and not to be discouraged but to push forward. You know, as, as, as people say, you know, if you, if you want to ride a bicycle, you've got to keep pedaling. If you don't keep pedaling, you're going to fall off. And we've got to keep pedaling, keep pushing forward with the race of faith. And we've got to run in such a way as we are going to win this prize. And that means commitment. And, and the Bible says here that we want to compete in the race. If we're competing in the race, those who compete in a normal race, like Michael Phelps or any Olympian, they go into strict training. And wow, what a disciplined life. I was reading about Muhammad Ali. He would get up at half past five in the morning, go for a six-mile run. And then he would just begin his training schedule five hours or six hours a day. And sometimes when he didn't have transport to get to, to the gym where he was training, he would run seven miles to the gym, do the training, and run seven miles back. He actually said, I hated every moment of the training. Isn't that incredible? He hated every moment of it. But he said, I kept saying to myself, you're going to be a champion. He kept saying to himself, I'm going to look at the goal. I'm going to look at the finished product. I'm not going to worry too much that I'm suffering right now. I'm pushing my body and exerting myself and getting tired and having to do this all over again the next day. And so uh, he was committed to the journey. He was committed to the race. He was committed to the fight. And what a champion he was too. And won many Olympic medals. Uh, won a heavyweight champion of the world. And so... You know, this is the fight we're in. We look at the, these athletes and how they put the time and the energy training for three and four and five and six, maybe seven hours a day. And friends, the Bible says they do it for a medal that is just for this life. So they can put up on the, on the wall, you know, that I, I came first. I've, I've got my gold. I've got my silver. I've got my bronze. I've, I've got it there on the wall. And every time I look at that, I can go, I'm the best in the world. And it's only for this life. They pass on from this life. They don't take their medals with them. They pass it on to their children, no doubt. They, they don't take it with them. But the Bible says that we do it for a crown that lasts forever. Now I've got a little illustration here for you this morning. It's a little kid's crown from the nativity play. But I want you to know that this is what you're aiming for, friends. A crown that will last forever. And if you could see that there this morning, just a little gold crown to let you realize that this is what you're working for. And the Bible says that this is a crown that will last forever. That's right. And the Olympian is working for his earthly gold, his earthly silver, whatever he wins. And he's putting all those energies into something that will just be an earthly reward. But friends, you're doing it for a crown that will last forever. Something for us to work towards. To, to think that one day you will be wearing the crown of righteousness. Awesome. A crown that will last forever. So what do we do? What does the Bible say to us? He says, you know, we need to go into strict training. We need to prepare ourselves for the fight. 
We're in a fight of faith. We need to prepare ourselves for, for the journey, for the race of faith. We need to be competing and running together as Christians for that prize, which is to win the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only a crown of righteousness, but to win Christ there one day in heaven, to see him face to face and to be with the Lord. So what do we do? We go into strict training. We prepare ourselves. We get ready for this fight. We get ready for this race of faith. And we prepare ourselves now so that we will be fully equipped. Now you think about some of those athletes. They're spending five and six hours a day and preparing themselves, building themselves up, physically preparing. What does the Bible say in the book of Timothy? That physical exercise profiteth little. Or physical exercise is, is okay, it's good. You know, we should look after our bodies. We should prepare for, what, you know, looking after our health, eating well, and just exercising. That is a good thing. But friends, compared to spiritual exercises, it doesn't even compare. God did not just make us a physical being. He did not just make us a, a physical body. He put a soul inside of you, put a spirit inside of you. And the Bible says we should build ourselves up in the Lord. We should strengthen ourselves in the Lord by encouraging ourselves and growing in our faith. As the book of Peter says, that you should grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is going to take some commitment it's going to take some time. It's going to take some energy because spiritual things don't just happen. Spiritual things don't just grow naturally. You have to put the effort in. It's a bit like what the Bible says in the book of Galatians. I think it's chapter 6. And he says, a man reaps what he sows. You know, if I'm sowing a seed into the ground, I can expect to reap a harvest. If I'm sowing Financially, I can expect God to bless me financially. If I'm blessing others, I can expect the blessing to come back. If I'm kind to others, that kindness will come back. It's the principle of life. It's one of those things that if you sow, you're going to reap. If you give, you're going to reap. If you bless others, you're going to reap. And this is the blessing that God has given us. As we give out, as we bless, that blessing will come to back to us. As God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you are going to be a blessing to all nations. And that came true because the seed, the Christ came from Abraham's line and how Christ has blessed our world today. And so these things don't just happen naturally. We've got to put the time in. We've got to put the energy in. We've got to say, I'm going to sow into the kingdom of God. I'm going to sow into the spirit so that I can reap back from the Spirit. I'm going to give to God of my time. I'm going to give to God of my energy. I'm going to go into strict training so that I will not be disqualified for the race. There's nothing worse than going into a race and somebody is disqualified because they're not fit enough or they're not well enough or they didn't pass the drugs test or they're just not ready, they're just not fit, they're not well, they don't get through to the qualifying match, and they don't get through to the final, because they're just not strong enough, they're not fit enough, they're not prepared enough. And so preparation is really important for us as Christians. We need to prepare for the race of faith. 
We need to prepare for this journey. And friends, it is not a sprint that we are in. This is not a 100 meter sprint that is over in 10 seconds. No way. This is more of a life marathon where we are running the race of faith all the days of our life. We've got to be strong. We've got to wait upon the Lord. We have got to be renewed in our strength. If you're going to last the whole journey, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to have the energy. You're going to have to have the spiritual strength so that you can make it right to the end and receive the prize that God has for you in Christ Jesus. So that takes preparation. And we have got to build ourselves up in our spirit, in our mind. We've got to prepare our minds for action. We've got to grow in the knowledge of God. We've got to increase in our spiritual power. Smith Wigglesworth said, I am a thousand times bigger on the inside. And he sure was. He was a mighty man of faith. He did great miracles. Many people were raised from the dead through his ministry. He had audacious faith. He had incredible faith. He, his favorite expression was, only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. God wants us to have that kind of audacious faith so that we are much stronger on the inside. We are mighty on the inside because we've spent the time preparing every day we're going to the spiritual gym every day we're going to the Lord to receive fresh strength and friends all of our resources are heavenly resources amen God is able to supply to you everything that you need he is able to give all the strength all the energy, all the power that you need by just simply asking Him, Heavenly Father, I need grace today. Heavenly Father, I need fresh strength today. Heavenly Father, I need the wisdom to make the right decision. Heavenly Father, show me what to do. Empower me. And the Bible says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You shall receive wisdom and you will receive supernatural ability to do things for Christ and to do things for God. So our strength has got to be renewed. Amen. We have got to mount up with wings like eagles and we've got to soar on the heights. We've got to soar on the spiritual heights and we've got to grow in our faith. And that is why the Bible says that we are to add to our faith. We are to add various things to our faith. Brotherly kindness. We are to add knowledge to our faith. We are to add... All of these things so that we can grow up in the faith and we can become mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to do the spiritual exercises. He wants us to do the work we've got to put in so that we can become strong spiritually, so that we can wax strong spiritually and we can become all that God wants us to be. Jesus, of course, was filled with spiritual power. He's turning the water into wine. There at the wedding at Cana of Galilee, he gets involved, and there's the water pots. He says, pour it out, and there comes the wine. Jesus, his first miracle. From then onwards, he's opening the eyes of the blind. He's opening the ears of the deaf. The cripples are walking. God is healing them. And everyone, the Bible says, who touched Jesus was healed. Incredible, because the Bible says power was coming out of him. That's right. Power was coming out of him. 
And this power, friends, is available for the church today. Because Jesus is the head and we are the body. The head controls the body and he releases his power through the Holy Spirit so that the works of God may be done in the earth. May God release more and more of his power through our lives and through our ministries. May we see many miracles, signs and wonders in these last days. So let us prepare because Jesus is coming soon. Let us get ready for this great race of faith. Now I want to tell you about a woman who came from Gateshead in England over to Northern Ireland. And she had time and money to spend for God. That was her saying, I have got time and money to spend for God. So she came over to convert the people in Northern Ireland. It was 1856. She came over in the spring and she came to bring a program of door-to-door -door visitation so that she could tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, how God had changed her life and how God was going to change the lives of the people in Ballymena in Northern Ireland, County Antrim, and she was sharing the gospel. And she did this for many weeks and many months. And I think she stayed for about six months. And eventually, she went back to England very dispirited. And she was very discouraged because she felt that her labors had been in vain. But unbeknown to her, as she was in Ballymena, and she was in the Mill Street, she went to see a young woman called Miss Brown. And her friend was there, and she started sharing the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, with this young woman. And there listening was a young man called James McQuilkin. And he heard the words of God, and it was like rain falling on a field. He just received the word. He just accepted the word. Shortly after that, he became a Christian. She knew nothing about that. She did not know that he had become converted. Well, friends, he began a prayer meeting. He began to seek God. He began to, to cry out to God. Her work was not in vain. He began to gather others, and they had a prayer meeting, and other uh, of their friends began to be, become converted. And the, the, the meeting grew to about 50 people. By 1859, there were about 100 prayer meetings in the village of Kells, which is a very small village in Northern Ireland, which I have visited, and it's a very tiny village. But there were about 100 prayer meetings in that village, and eventually the water level of God was rising so much, it just began to spill over. And people were converted in the hundreds and in the thousands. And soon, over a 100,000 people became Christians through that little spark that Mrs. Colville brought over from England to Northern Ireland to share the Word of God. She went home discouraged. She went home dispirited. She felt that her work had been in vain. Friends, our work is never in vain. Whatever you do, the Bible says, do it unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do it for God. And he says, do it with all your might, with all your strength, and with all your heart. And here is Mrs. Colville. She has sown the seed that brought a mighty revival, which is known as the 1859 revival. And 
the power of God hit Northern Ireland in such an awesome way. Even people who were passing by on ships were converted because they came under the power of God and they cried out, what must I do to be saved? One woman who decided, I'm going to run the race of faith, I'm going to go over to Northern Ireland, I'm going to share the gospel, and she planted the seed. I remember the story of D.L. Moody. And one day this Christian minister spoke to him and said, the world has yet to see what God is going to do through a man who is fully devoted to him. Well, D.L. Moody thought about that, and he said, I'm going to be that man. I'm going to be that man that is fully devoted to the Lord. I'm going to give myself heart and mind and soul to the Lord. And he became mightily used of God and became a great evangelist. And thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, many, many souls came to the Lord Jesus Christ through his ministry. And friends, we know that Jesus Christ is in us. We know, as the Bible says, is Christ in you the hope of glory? I remember this one preacher saying that God showed him that he couldn't get out of the people, that he was in the people of God, but he couldn't get out. And God wants to release his power. Everybody who touched Jesus was healed because power was flowing out of him. And power needs to flow out of our lives and the blessing of God needs to pour out of our lives. The river of life, as Jesus said, should be pouring out and bringing healing and bringing encouragement and bringing joy and bringing peace and bringing blessing. God is going to use your life and we have to avail ourselves to him because you are no ordinary person. Because if the Holy Spirit is in you and if Jesus Christ is in you, then you are no ordinary person. God will empower you to do great things. As the Bible says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You can speak in new tongues. You can do great things for Jesus Christ. Here in Acts chapter 4, it says they began a prayer meeting. And as they began to pray, Lord, stretch out your hand. Do incredible things in, in, our, in our city of Jerusalem. Lord, do amazing things. The Bible says that the place where they were meeting was shaken by the power of God. I've heard of buildings that have literally been shaken by the power of God, where people have cried out to the Lord, Lord, we need you, and the power of God has come down. Many times, power of God has come down simply because people have been praying. Like James McQuilkin, who cried out to the Lord, who began a prayer meeting and began to seek God soon in that tiny village of Kells, a very small village of just a few hundred people. There were over a hundred prayer meetings. And I met the, the Presbyterian minister there who testifies to these things. That this is the history of how God began to pour out. Friends, things don't just happen. You reap what you sow. And as you sow into the kingdom, you're going to reap. As you put time and energy into the kingdom of God. Just like Mrs. Colville, she took time and energy to go and share the gospel with other people. People heard the message. Even just one person responded. But praise God, he responded. Her work was not in vain and people were saved. And this also reminds me of the Moravians who started a prayer meeting in 1727. And so the Count Zinzendorf, uh, who was in Hernhut, in the small 
village there in Saxony, they began to pray. And they began, they decided we're going to pray 24-7. And they committed themselves to prayer. They began to pray for the, for the Lord to bless. Now remember that this is during a time when people were fighting, people were squabbling, there were all kinds of unrest in the church, all manner of things going on that seemed most uh, unlikely that God was going to move. Well, they began to pray in the spring of 1727. They began to seek God and cry out to God and soon all the squabbling stopped, all the arguing stopped, and suddenly the blessing of God began to move into that place. Because friends, God moves through prayer. That's how His power is released. The Spirit is given in answer to prayer. And people began to become peaceful and, and began to work together. And the prayer meeting continued and continued for 100 years, friends. It's known as the 100-year prayer meeting. Yes, it was a 24-7 prayer meeting. It, it was 24-7 prayer, day and night. They committed themselves and they prayed for a 100-year prayer meeting. It lasted 100 years. And at the year 65, after praying for 65 years, they had sent out 300 missionaries all across the world, to the West Indies and many other parts of the world. They had committed themselves to this race of faith. They committed themselves to doing this work for the Lord. And the first time uh, they announced, we, we think we should send missionaries, some people thought that Count Zinzendorf was crazy. I think he was only 26 or 27 years old. And the next day, I think it was 25, 26, 27 people came forward and they said, we want to go to the mission field. Amazing that so many people responded and they went out. And, and I understand that when they went out, they would take their, their, um, their funeral casket with them. They, they, would, they would just take it with them because they knew they would probably not be coming back. That's commitment to the race of faith. That is commitment to an eternal value. You know what the Bible says? Set your heart and minds on things above. Do not set your heart on, and minds on things of the earth. Because things of the earth are temporary. Things that we can see are just temporary. The world and its desires will pass away. But the man of God who does the will of God will live forever. Friends, it's time we started focusing on heaven. It's time we started focusing on Jesus. It's time we started focusing on eternal things and giving all our energies and all our mind and all our soul and all our strength to eternal things because the things that are unseen are eternal and the things that are seen are temporary. God wants us to focus on the things that are really important, the things that are vital, the things that are critical, not the temporary things where it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy even to be distracted in a race. Can you imagine if one of the great athletes of today like Mo Farah or, or one of the, the, the great athletes were, were running a race and he just decided, oh, I'll, I'll just have a break and oh, what a beautiful sunset over there. Isn't that beautiful? And look, all those people in the stands, they They've, they've got my name on display. Oh, they must think I'm great. No, 
He's absolutely focused on the race. He doesn't care what's going on up there. Yeah, he can hear them cheering him on. But he's not going to stop to look at the sunset. He's not going to stop to look at the beautiful sky. He's not going to stop to listen to people and, and have a chat with them. He's absolutely focused. He's absolutely driven by the fact that I want to win this prize. I'm going to run my fastest. I'm going to be totally focused on this race. I'm going to run my hardest. I've trained for hours. I've trained at a high altitude. And now I want to show the people of the world that I am the greatest of the world. He is not going to be distracted. You know what the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1? It says, let us throw off every hindrance. Let us throw off every distraction. Let us throw off all these excuses and hindrances why we can't serve God. Let us throw off all the hindrances why we can't pray and why we can't develop spiritually, why we can't uh, focus on heavenly things. Let us throw these things off and say they're rubbish and get out of my way. I'm totally focused on, on the winning that prize and getting that medal. I'm totally focused on just casting off every, every weight and every sin and everything that's trying to trip me up and trying to hinder me. And God wants us to cast off all the things of the flesh. And as Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, I'm, I'm beating my body. I'm disciplining my body. I'm putting it under subjection because I'm in a race. And this is the race of life. This is the race of all races, friend, where I'm focusing on the prize. I'm running for Jesus Christ. My eyes are on Jesus. He is, he is the focus of my life. And I'm running towards him. I, I'm casting off the distractions along the way. And the devil is coming to tempt us with this. And he's coming to tempt us with that. And we're distracted sometimes. And we just have to cast those things off. And we're all tempted by sin and distraction. But we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, friends. And we have to keep running this race of faith. We have to keep following Jesus. We go to keep following in his footsteps. And following him right to the end. You know, it tells us here in Revelation chapter 3 and verse, verse 11. Jesus says, I am coming soon. Powerful words, even written, you know, about 2,000 years ago. Jesus said, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. Maybe you're just holding on by the skin of your teeth. Maybe you're just holding on to faith, you know, because you believe a little bit. Well, you can become stronger. You can pick up your spiritual weights. You can wax stronger in the Lord. You can grow in the things of God. Hold on to what you have. Don't lose your faith. And then he goes on to say, he says, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Wow, Jesus is exhorting us. Watch out that nobody is going to take your crown. Well, if Jesus, if it wasn't possible for someone to take your crown, he wouldn't have said that. If it's possible for someone to take your crown, he says, hold on to what you have. Hold on to faith and a good conscience. Hold on, because, friends, this is a crown that lasts forever. Watch out that nobody takes your crown. 
God doesn't want anyone to take your crown. He doesn't want you to be disqualified. He doesn't want you to lose the race of faith. He wants you to keep going. He wants you to persevere. He wants you to cast off all the sin and all the temptation and all the stuff the enemy is throwing at you and all the discouragement and all the fear and all the worry and you cast it off and you keep running towards Jesus knowing you're going to get a crown of righteousness that is going to last forever. And you'll have jewels in your crown. And people will look at that beautiful crown that you have won because you have got faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it's time to prepare our minds for action. It's time to build ourselves up in the Lord. It's time to get the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in our hearts again. It's time to preach the gospel. It's time to tell people Jesus is coming soon. It's time to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. You can strengthen yourself in the Lord. Look at David where he's going to be stoned by his men. But he says, I strengthened myself in the Lord. All power belongs to God. All strength belongs to God. You think he can't give you some of his strength? He sure can. You think he can't give you an endowment of power? Of course he can. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You shall be anointed. You shall receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, in the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall be my witnesses in your own town. And then you will have your own testimony. Because if God is for us, friends, who can be against us? Praise the Lord. God is for us. God is on our side. God is mighty. God is full of power. He is fighting our battles for us. Praise God. He is the warrior who fights our battles. The Lord is on our side and we are fighting with the Lord. And so the captain of the host is Jesus and we're following in his footsteps. Keep following friends. Keep believing. Keep trusting even if you've had a hard time. Even if you're in the midst of a terrible battle. You've got to fight through. You've got to keep pushing through. You've got to hold on to faith and a good conscience. You've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You will make it to heaven one day. You will get the crown of righteousness if you just hold on and keep the faith and grow in the knowledge and the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Just persevere. Just keep going. Because friends, this crown is worth it. This is an eternal crown. Every earthly crown, every earthly medal will melt away one day. But your crown will last forever. Watch out that nobody is going to take your crown. So friends, I want to encourage you today. Stay in the race. Don't be distracted. Put your heart and mind and soul and strength into following the Lord. Push forward in Jesus' name. Don't be discouraged. Cast off that discouragement. Rebuke the fear. Rebuke every negative spirit. Push forward in Jesus' name. You will make it. For if God is for us, who can be against us? And then he goes on in that verse to say, and if God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, will he not freely 
give us all things. Praise God. He's going to freely give you all things. All his knowledge. All his wisdom. Everything you need for the journey. Every bit of strength that you need. Every bit of power to go through the temptation. Every bit of power to go through the sin and push it away. Every bit of knowledge and increase that you need in your spiritual life. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, will fight for you because he is in you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Christ is going to overcome, but you have to wax strong, friend. You have to become stronger in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to gird yourself, O mighty one. You have to gird yourself with strength, O mighty one. And praise God, his strength is available. His power is available. Jesus Christ is for us. God is not against us. He is pushing us forward every time we look to Jesus, every time we keep the faith, every time we pray, every time we spend time in the Word. God is strengthening His church. Praise God. We are that army that we were singing about today. Rise up, O army of God. Rise up on wings like an eagle and renew your strength. Renew that power that God has available for you. Nothing will just happen by chance. You have to chase it. As he says in Chronicles, the Lord is with you when you are with him. The Lord is with you when you are with him. God is available 24-7. God is all around us. He is everywhere all of the time. But the question is, am I with him? The Lord is with you when you are with him. So the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's time for faith, friends. It's time to believe that God wants to do great and mighty things in these last days. So you have to be ready for the fight. You have to be ready for this race of faith. You have to be strong so that you're not going to lag behind, so that you're not going to be left behind, but you're going to be right at the front. He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. You give your life to Jesus Christ. You surrender everything to Him. You will never regret it. Get your face like Jesus did, like a flint, and focus towards heaven, towards those resources, and towards everything that God has for you. He will give you strength. He'll give you power. He will embolden you to do great and mighty things. Friends, are you ready for the fight? Are you ready for this race? Are you following Jesus or are you distracted by the things around you? Are you worried and fearful and discouraged because of all the things that are happening in our world? Friends, cast them off. He says, let us cast aside every weight, every sin, everything, and let us run to Jesus. If you need to repent, repent. If you need to get things sorted out with God, get it sorted out. He will give you fresh strength, as he says in the book of Acts, that he will give us a renewed spirit. Is that time of repentance will lead to a time of refreshing in the Lord. So pursue Jesus in these last days. Pursue him. We don't know when he's coming, but he says, I am coming soon. Let's get ready for the great and glorious day of the Lord where he can 
rewards you one day, friends, with a crown of righteousness, with a crown of splendor, with a crown of glory, so he can say to you, well done, you good and faithful servant. Well done, enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to thank you for those who have listened to this message today. Father, I just want to bless all who've listened in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless them with the Holy Spirit. Bless them, Father, with your presence. Pour out your Spirit upon them, Father. Strengthen them in their faith today. May they become courageous, Lord. May they become emboldened with faith. May they wax stronger and stronger. May they become stronger and stronger in their faith. Lord, I just pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon their lives Father, upon our lives today, we pray in the name of Jesus, all discouragement must go, all emptiness must go, all fear must run. Father, every negative thing be broken in Jesus' name. I pray for a mighty anointing upon all who are listening today. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be sent to each person, Father, in the name of Jesus, for you are mighty, Lord. You are wonderful. You are powerful, Lord. And I bless your name today, Father. You are good, Lord, and your mercy endures forever. Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your grace. You are a good God, a loving God. Father, meet the needs of your people. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for your wonderful love. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, we just give you glory and honor and worship today. Thank you, Jesus. You inhabit the praises of your people. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Our God is a God of grace. God is a God of goodness. Our God is a God of abundance. He loves you so much today. He pours out his love towards you. Just receive his love today. He pours out his love towards you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you so much and he draws you to himself. He says, come on to me, all you who are heavy laden, all you who are burdened, come unto me and I will give you rest. I will give rest to your soul. Come unto me, Jesus said, and I will give rest to your soul. Come unto me and I will give you peace of mind and rest for your soul. Come unto Jesus today. Give him your heart. Give him your life. Surrender your life to follow the Lord. Surrender, receive peace of mind, peace in your heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Strength will rise as 